There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast with hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of saintsnation.com, Kevin Held of the team drops the ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get his... I don't even have a joke, Dave! <laughs> Now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fan. Uh, Donate. We need to keep the lights on. We're going to have a drunk history. Me and Andrew, we promise we'll get that out to you before the end of October. Pinky swear. Uh, Before we get to Dave and hopefully Kevin's triumphant return, because Adrian Peterson is no longer collecting a (laughs) paycheck from the Saints, so Kevin is back, he says it. He's a man of his words. He's coming back from the Swiss Alps or wherever he was hiking from. He's going to be back. And, and in, the, in the ultimate twist of irony, Adrian Peterson's kind of back too. Yeah, Adrian Peterson <laughs> leaves the Saints and goes off. But before we get to that, we have a very special guest who is a big fan of the podcast. And Andrew was telling me about him. And I was like, we got to have him on. He's uh, Jim Gleason. He is an actor. And when and Jim, I'm not going to lie. When, Ad, when Andrew said, oh, he's an actor, he's a big fan, I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. He probably did like – one role in like some dinner theater in Orlando. Then I pulled up your IMDb page and I was like, damn, this dude's yeah. got like 73 credits. I mean, you're doing like real stuff and like my, some of my fate, like, I mean, a Hulk catch fire. I mean, some of the, like, these mm-hmm. are my like favorite, like favorite shows. So before we get into the saints, like how uh-huh. long you've been doing this and, and, and when did you, when did it become like a thing where you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to make money doing this. Well, uh, like our friend Dave Cariello, I went to Tulane and I studied theater there from 82 to 86. And yes, there, you, you youngsters, there was an 82 to 86 where people were adults. Um, so when I finished college, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And uh, I knocked around New Orleans for about 10 years when there really was not a film and television industry. And uh, did quite well for a small market. First ever seen in anything really legit was with Dennis Hopper which was kind of cool. And then, um, and I worked with Robert Duvall and then in, in 90, end of 97, I decided to screw it all up and go to Los Angeles and, uh, stayed out there for about 14 years working in primarily in episodic TV. And then 2010, I was home for Christmas and I was home. I'm, I'm I'm from Mandeville. I'm a Mandeville kid. So, uh, I was home for an event and, and I met this girl and, we uh, we uh, locked eyes and it, it was just like the movies. That was it. It was the, it was it for her. It was it for me? We did long distance for about a year, and I moved home in 2012 because the film and television industry here was just booming, and uh, and I was teaching out there as well. So I teach actors here now 
how to audition and act for the camera. Yeah, I, I have to say, you like American Horror Story is one of me and my wife's <laughs> favorites. We're trying to plug them. My oh, wife, my wife, no. but one of my favorite, <laughs> one, one of my favorite TV shows, and, and and it is a horrible TV show, but I love it. Is Franklin yeah. and Bash? It's so terrible, but I love it. And I saw that you were you were on that in 2011. I was like, yes, I I, I was. My scene was with uh, Malcolm McDowell, who uh, was really super cool. I had met him 12 years prior in New Orleans at the airport. I was at the airport to pick somebody up, and who's standing there with Malcolm McDowell? And I'm that dork that'll go up and talk to anybody, right? So I go up and introduce myself, and he was really super cordial and super British, and he was really nice. <laughs> so, so when we did our scene together between uh, between setups, uh, I started chatting with him, and I said, "Hey, we met 12 years ago." And he, of course, had no recollection. And um, we started talking, and uh, we started talking British invasion music. And he was from Liverpool, and his father owned a pub, and he used to duck into clubs and go see the Silver Beatles before they dropped the silver off the front of their name. Oh wow! Yeah. That's cool. You know, and it the, was super cool. And the, you're like all these shows, like Numbers, which it was a good show. I'm, I'm nostalgic for it because it was one of my dad's favorite. Like, my dad loved like this, all this. He only watched CBS, so he loved like NCIS and right. Numbers and The Rockford Files, which my wife just <laughs> cannot stand. She's like, Why are you watching that? I'm like, It's The Rockford Files. My dad liked The Rockford Files. And yes, it's on <laughs> Channel 54 in Houston and I love it. And I will I like the theme song. I just like play it over and over again. But, and angel's cool. Isn't he? Yeah. Angel on the show. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's like, like, you know, so what, I mean, what is a, an, an experience on a TV show that you did? And you were like, this is just the, this is like the mm -hmm. pin. This is like the pinnacle of, like everything I dreamed of when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I've had a lot. I've been really blessed. Uh, I, I mean, I'm a little spiritual, so God, I believe mm. in God, and I believe that God has really, really blessed me. And uh, I've had a, I've had a great experiences with a lot of uh, people that I've always sort of looked up to and had a chance to meet and work with. Um, but the one I was kind of most proud of was I played a trauma surgeon on Grey's Anatomy. It was right, right after their first season, so they were a big hit. And I went and auditioned for this role of this trauma surgeon. I'm supposed to be operating on this patient. I'm arguing with uh, Isaiah Washington's character, Burke. So I did the audition, and it went well, and I booked the role. When I get there, and of course, you have two scenes. One is simple, and one is the most complex thing in the world. And of course, the first day, the first you're the first scene, and it's the most complicated scene in the whole shoot. Instead of like getting to work gradually into it, they throw you right into the fire. So they have this mock patient set up and this little cutout where they have like a little calf's liver stuck in there. And across the table from me are two actual nurses who are playing nurses, and they're telling me how I have to receive instruments so that it looks legit. So <laughs> I was not prepared for that at all. So <laughs> I get in there and I'm like, holy smokes, I got to I got to remember all this technical jargon and I got to remember all my lines and I got to argue with Isaiah Washington and operate and look like I know what I'm doing. And uh, we did the little sort of rehearsal. Now on a television set, when they say let's rehearse, it has nothing to do with the actors. It's all for like, where's the camera going to go? And where are you going to be standing? That's all the rehearsal is, quote unquote, is to them. 
so we did the rehearsal on, and I went, I went back to get ready, and I was like, oh my god, I can't screw this up, and I did super well. I was surprised at myself, so I said, this is this is pretty boss. <laughs> yeah. So so awesome. that that is awesome, and and now people are like. There, people are probably like, "This is cool." I don't care. This podcast is for me. I'm I'm enjoying this. But people are probably like, "Get to the Saints," and the Saints. Well, are... I just I want to say real quick, Jim. I mean, this in the middle of all this, you know, Saints Nation started in 2007, 2008. Oh yeah, and that's when I started my blog, and Jim was one of the very first people to like. Besides your friends and family. Yeah, to like be reading the articles, commenting on them, emailing me, and kind of having a back and forth, which is the whole reason I started the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Was just to have. I live in Virginia. There's no Saints fans here, or just not not a ton of them, and it was an outlet for me to d- talk Saints with fans. And so, you know, um, and, anyway, it's it's awesome. It's it's so cool to have them on the yeah, podcast. Now. And it's Jim, my like, pleasure. What's your what's your first like Saints mem- your 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 first like Saints memory that you have in your life? Uh, my first Saints memory is walking across, is getting off the streetcar and walking across the Tulane campus to the old Tulane Stadium and sitting in the aluminum bleachers and m- kicking the aluminum bleachers and making noise. And my dad <laughs> getting all pissed at the refs and screaming. And you, you get a box of popcorn that was shaped. Uh, I, can't, I don't know how to explain it. It had four sides and, the, and from the bottom, it flared out to the top and on the side it said go saints go and when you finish your popcorn it was perforated so you could tear out the bottom of the of the box and it then became a megaphone and as kids my brother and i used to go (laughs) go saints go through the megaphone my my father had saint season tickets like really good seats it was a hundred dollars for 11 games because back in 67 they played they played six preseason games Uh, um they did that for a long time because the players, they didn't really do an offseason. They needed time to get in shape, you know? Yeah. Um, my first Saints memory is Walter Payton breaking the rushing record of Jim Brown. They, uh, stopped, yeah. they stopped the game in 83, I think. Uh-huh. They stopped the game. I, that's my first Saints memory watching on TV. But um, you're, you're a diehard fan. And last question before we get to the actual game. Like, the interesting thing I always find about Saints fans, Jim, is when you meet them, I rarely – meet a Saints fan that isn't connected to the Saint, to New Orleans in some kind of way. I know it's different now a little bit because they've been winning the last 10 years and, and it's a few of them that... Oh, it's the international brand now. Yeah, it's international yeah. brand. But like most Saints fans, are, yeah, they have to be connected to New Orleans in some way. I, I remember when I lived in California, if I was wearing my Saints stuff and I bumped into somebody like, mm-hmm. and I would chat with them, it wasn't like, yeah, I just I just dig the Saints and I'm from Idaho. Like It was always like, mm-hmm. I'm from Man and but you know, like... <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, you know, every sun- Sunday we used to meet at the sports bar and there were a couple of people, more than one, that were like, I don't know, as a kid, I had a choice. <laughs> My dad got we said you can either have a Giants jersey or a Saints jersey, <laughs> pick the Saints jersey. Or one guy said, uh, it was just a couple of people that were stories like that, Yeah, where it was either a hat or a, uh, either a hat or a jersey or something like that, or they just locked onto the Saints. Yeah, so, but for the most part, it's yeah. It's, I'm from Chalmette, or I'm from I'm from Mississippi, and we know we're about an hour outside of New Orleans, so that kind of thing. So the Saints are three and two. Um, how much of panic did you have today during this game? 
<laughs> I had a lot of. Pa- I'm not gonna lie. I had. I had a. I had a. I had a. I had a mini meltdown when it got to 45-38. I will not lie. Well, whenever the Saints go up, or any team in the NFL, whenever they go up like 35 points in the first half, get ready for the upset. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. I mean, you you may not remember this. There was there was a Monday Night Football when the, the Saints were on, and I think they were playing the Raiders. They were. And they and and Chuck Muncie was the running back. I remember Chuck Muncie just like running up into the camera and putting his face off in the camera at halftime, and then, and then they lost that game. They were up 30, 30 They were up twenty eight to seven. Something ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, and so anytime the Saints go up real fast, I'm like, oh lord, because you get complacent and do what they did today. They play conservative. They keep handing the ball off. They get two yards and they punt. Uh-huh. And that's just—it's just a recipe for a screw up. You know what I mean? Andrew, were you? Did you? I mentally checked out. I mean, I was checking in on Atlanta as they were coughing up the lead to the the, <laughs> to the Dolphins. I was mentally checked out. Like it got to be forty-five ten. I'm like peeking over at the Dolphins. My wife is yeah. on the couch sleeping. My wife. My wife. So I mean, you know. Uh, so did you kind of mentally? I mean, when it got to be forty-five to ten. Oh, I, I was. I mean, I actually was texting texting with Jim during the game, and I think at one point I just texted, "They're they're going to lose. They're done." <laughs> yeah. Um, what what did so, I say, Andrew? What did I say? Uh, let me look back here. You said something like, "I can tell you." I said, "How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you?" Don't lie. You were you were thinking it too. Um, but uh, no, I, I I was nervous. I think. The thing that was tough, man, is that it literally the only way they could lose was and to do w- things like give up a long touchdown, Check. one-handed, one-handed cat pass, Check. you know, one-handed catch, Turnovers. give up a t- long touchdown up the seam on third and seventeen, Check. give up a punt return for a touchdown, Check. Right? throw a pick six from the one. Check. <laughs> Like, yeah, it was like a turn the ball like, over two other times. It was a right. how to. It was a how to yeah. guide of how to call like, up a don't get a first thing. down for the whole half. Yeah, it was. It was a, and that's <laughs> right. the thing. Like it was. It was going like. A, and then like when Detroit got it, even though they were ninety nine yards away, I was like, I said on Twitter, I was like, we all know how this is gonna go. <laughs> but but and, they and then Cam Jordan pick, picks <laughs> catches it. And, it. Yeah. And, I mean. Andrew, tell 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 him what else I said about Detroit. Uh, oh, you said that de- this is Detroit's used to doing this. Yeah, kind of coming they're, back. They're going to play well, just well enough to lose. That's right, and that's what they did. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Like the Saints, if they would have had just like one clock, even if they wouldn't have scored, if it would have been like forty-five to seventeen, and they'd have took, they'd have had a drive where they drive six minutes. And, yeah. and punted like Detroit would have thrown the white flag because Stafford was beat up, but it just kept going and going. I mean, um, here's the thing for me in this game. Yeah, I said on the last podcast that I, I predicted a Saints you, blowout you win, did, you and, did. And, and and up until forty five ten, that was kind of how I was expecting. It kind of went go. like I said though. I said it was going to be a blowout, but that Detroit would make it close and it would get, and then Saints would wrap it up. So I was, yeah, yeah. So I was. So, so it's close. funny because I, I made a comment that. I think the offense is only going to get better because they're going to get Adrian Peterson out of the mix and it's going to allow them to kind of unlock the offense and not force the ball to him, not square peg round hole it, but just kind of focus on the matchups and how they can attack a defense. And I I thought, especially in the first half, when you look at how they got who man involved and how they got Ted Ginn isolated on the safety and they weren't involving Mike Thomas at all. And it didn't matter. I mean, Willie Sneed wasn't touching the ball much. Kobe Fleener had no role in this game. And they were still able to expose them. And so, 
you know, it just became a lot more about the game plan and a lot less about, you know, I got to keep Adrian Peterson happy. You wanna, you wanna, <laughs> so, I'm going to tell you two things that one will make me look like a fantasy genius. The other one will make me look like the worst fantasy player ever, which I am. I started ten, Ted Ginn out of desperation <laughs> because I was I had injuries and bye weeks. So I started Ted Ginn. That was good. Bad. I cut Adrian Peterson on Monday before Ooh. the Saints traded him, and I picked up Atlanta's defense to play Miami. Wow. Oh. Ouch. Yeah. But, but, but so the really weird thing about this is in the second half when the Saints were up 45-10 and all they had to do was milk the clock, that's when I started thinking, man, I really wish they had Adrian Peterson here. And it's, it was one of those things where you can commit to the run run every play and you don't really care if the guy you trust him enough because he's a veteran and you know he you know he's gonna he's a power back that's gonna run in between the tackles but if he gets hurt you kind of don't care because he's not one of your two bell cows (laughs) so so, this you know in the ultimate twist of just like oh man like i just had that moment where i was just like even before i saw how well he was doing i was like it's kind of it's kind of funny how this worked out because this is the one time in, through five games this season where I could see Adrian Peterson getting 15 carries and, and us actually needing him. Right. I mean, well, I mean, you know, I was just – you know, here's, look at it this way. Peterson had like over 100 yards today, and everyone's being like, why did the Saints get rid of him? He, he would be so great. Between the two of the running backs that we had, we had almost 200 yards. So yeah. what do you want, 100 yards or 200 yards, which you prefer? <laughs> And I think they know how to use those guys. So I don't. I I I can see what you're saying, Andrew. I get it. Uh, but they've got uh, what's 33? 33. Uh, they're, Trey Edmonds. Yes, they, they should. They should have run him today because here's the thing. Like Adrian Peterson fumbles a lot anyway. So right. I, I, know, I know you say you trust him, but they could have like to, if if you're not going to mix in Edmonds today, like you're never going to mix. Fumble today, by the way. What's that? Peterson fumbled. Yeah, today, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but if the Saints aren't ever going to mix in Edmonds today, they're never going to. He's never getting a carry, dude. Well, he's he's the insurance. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, um, but I guess Jim, I, I look at this team like, and you know, I'll admit freely, like when they were 0-2, I was like, I wasn't saying that they were going to be a, a disaster and be like four and twelve, but I was like, it's seven and nine again, mm-hmm. Redux. But I look at the NFC and I'm like, who's better than the Saints? Not too many. You know, you could you could argue that Washington is a similar team. You could argue that uh, the Rams could put it together. Um, Atlanta, I can't. Uh, you know, they they got they lucked out last year. Um, Green Bay obviously is out. Um, Detroit is beat up. We beat we beat them up today pretty badly. Um, you know what I mean? Tampa Bay, he, they're they're uh, by the, the the running quarterback in the NFL is a complete myth designed to sell jerseys. It's never going to win a Super Bowl ever. Can we all just put that to bed? Probably, Amen. Probably. Do you know what I mean? Uh, has I don't think any has any no no running quarterback has well Steve no. Steve Young kind of he's not a run now he's not a running quarterback he's not gonna he's not gonna pull the ball down and make plays with his legs, you know every seventh play. He only he only does that in times of desperation. He did it well. Yeah. You know? uh, Andrew, Atlanta's kind of a mess, man. They, <laughs> I mean, they, their fans were melting down, and and they, I mean, they, I mean, you look at the Saints, and you they're three and two, 
and they're like exactly where they're supposed to be. Like there, they, there's no like luck or any like their three wins are solid wins. Their two losses, they got their ass handed to them, <laughs> and they're three and two. Right? You look at Atlanta, they're three and two, but they could be one and four easily. <clears throat> you know? You know, I just think it. You look at the Falcons last year and just. A lot of things went their way. They were the only team in the NFL that had all five offensive linemen the whole year. And that that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think you look at Julio Jones. He's a little banged up this year. Um, they had the number one sack guy in the league last year. And, and this year, I'm looking at their, their box score against the Dolphins. They did not have one sack today. And you know when you're against, against that line, you miss at home? easily, and you're not hitting Jay Cutler at home. Uh, at home. Man. At home. Yeah. Wow. So you know, without without Beasley, all of a sudden their pass rush is a big question mark. Um, you know, Matt Ryan is he was an you know they lost their offensive coordinator, right? He mm-hmm. was kind of the he was the yep. design guy. So you know now they've got a new guy and. I'm looking at Matt Ryan's stats for the year, and I think he's got five touchdowns and five picks. So, you know, he's not putting up his over 100 QB rating. MVP the Ralph Fantasy Stink is alive and well. I have him, and he's my starting quarterback, and he is terrible. <laughs> the Ralph, the Ralph. Keep starting him. Keep starting the, him. I have him. I have Hooper, their tight end. I have their running backs. Like, my fantasy team, is a, it, it's a disaster. And I did it for you, Saints fans. I <laughs> did gonna, it I'm for you. The word. I did it. I, I, I'm like, I look at, I should get like a purple heart of fantasy for like doing that for Saints Nation or whatever you want to say. Like, I, Ralph, I, you, you totally threw yourself on a fantasy grenade for I us. Did. I appreciate it. I, 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 and you know what? I wanted to trade for Julio Jones and I offered the guy in the, in the podcast league a ridiculous trade offer and he refused because I wanted to have Ryan Coleman, Julio, Hooper, the Matt Bryant, and Atlanta's defense. That's what I wanted, and he refu- he refused. Like I, I offered, I think I offered him Michael Thomas and like two other running backs, and he turned me down. Hmm. I was very disappointed. Um, so I mean, so Jim, like, what before we get to like a preview for the your predictions for the Saints the rest of the year? Like, what do you have anything like really cool acting wise that's coming up for you that we should be on the lookout for? You know, uh, actually, at the end of the last year, I worked on four different feature films. Uh, two of them are sort of like uh, – one of them was kind of like Mad Max. They're all set in sort of the near-distant future. Uh, one was kind of a Mad Max-esque thing where I play sort of a normal guy. And then uh, the other was a, a this like farm technology conspiracy theorist thing. It's, it sounds weird, but it's really kind of <laughs> cool. But there were two other movies. One was a remake of the movie Benji. And I play like the police detective captain. And then the other was a movie, a football movie about a player who played for Ole Miss. His name was Chucky Mullins. Oh, Are you guys they, familiar with Yeah, him? Chucky Mullins. He's a big my, – my whole family went to Ole Miss. Chucky Mullins. Okay. He's a huge – my brother actually yeah. went – he was – my brother was at Ole Miss when he played against Vanderbilt and collided yeah. and, and got paralyzed. Well, I play the dad of uh, Brad Gaines who was oh, the guy yeah. that Van, for, Van, for Vandy, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that I don't know when that's coming out, but uh, I'm pretty happy about that. That was a, that was a nice shoot. That's a nice role too. So yeah, that, that'll be that'll be a really yeah. interesting movie. I mean, he was beloved. He was he's beloved that old Miss. Yeah. you know. Yeah, it's called "It's Time," which is kind of their, their motto. Oh, speaking of mottos, did you guys see the uh, the 
NFL films uh, Football Life about Sam Mills? I did. Yes. I didn't. I taped it. It's amazing. Heard. It's pretty great. Dude, and that's yeah, the thing. Robertson almost pulled off the Sam Mills today, taking the ball right out of Matt Stafford's hand and running for a touchdown. <laughs> Sam Mills actually did it to Browning Nagel in '92. Yeah. Can I? Can we? Can we talk about that for a second? Like, why? Why has Craig Robertson not been playing this year? I don't know. Yeah. It, it, the Saints. The Saints two moves on defense that kind of have jump started their defenses: Crawley and Robertson, and they didn't even want to do it. Like they had to yeah. be. They had to be shamed and forced into it. You know? Yeah. I want to. I want to take up a, a, a point of issue uh, with uh, the Juge, if I may. <laughs> um, Bring it on. At the at pre during preseason, you were like, I don't know about our linebackers, and I was like, Dude, you don't understand. This is the Saints. This is Peyton's mo. He gets these guys that are just behind the starters on other teams, and he brings them in. They do well. He did it with Fujita. He did it with with Shanley. He did it. You know, he, he had a bunch of no names except for when they plugged in Vilma. Yeah. So uh, and so now they've got some legit players at, at linebacker, and you know that last year Robertson was, I think, their best linebacker, and this year he's this year he's not, but he's very good. So they've really upgraded that position. That's why they stopped the run so well. Yeah, I think the thing with Robertson, he's the new Shanley in that the fans yeah. hate him. The fans hate him. The coaching staff wants to replace him, but all he does is be slightly above adequate. And keep, all, it, and keep his He's job. always in position. He's yeah. always around the ball, and he's always kind of making plays. Now, every once in a while, he'll get beat. Everybody gets beat a little bit. Yeah. Come on. Give, somebody, give him a break. That's the thing. I think, you know, some people say – I think Robertson, maybe his biggest thing is he, he struggles when coverage gets behind him. You know, yeah. I think, and we saw that on the third and 17 scene throw to the tight end where they scored. So I, I think he's, he struggles there, and he's not the fastest guy. But, I mean, give me a guy like that any day over oh, yeah. a guy like Stephon Anthony who has all the measurables, all the skills, everything you would ever need to be successful at linebacker. But mentally, they just don't, they don't have the instincts and their head is just swimming when they're out there. Mm-hmm. Robertson reads and reacts. And m- most of the time, he gets to the ball and he makes the play. And mm-hmm. I, would, I would rather have guys like that in the game. Yeah, he's, he, he is a player – because you're not going to have 11 Pro Bowl guys in your defense. He's a guy that's really good. And it just goes to show you, Jim, Cleveland, they don't know what they're doing. Like, Cleveland right. got Cleveland got rid of him, and the Saints got him for some. And I just saw that Cleveland is like, they're like not even a year and a half into their grand experiment. The, the owner already wants to blow it up. <laughs> Cleveland's, never, Cleveland's never winning a football game ever again. Um, and but, can, can, can I just say how, guys, do you understand how amazingly talented our rookie class is it is astonishing it's, we got we got Lattimore we got Ranchick we got uh Kamara obviously we got Marcus Williams and I, I think Marcus Williams is a little underrated he's still learning on the job but I remember last game or maybe it was the game before the the, the receiver uh went out and he, he caught the, the pass in the flat and he started to go down the sideline Marcus Williams comes up and takes that sideline angle away how many times have we seen a Saints safety come up Jairus Bird and Take the wrong angle, and the dude scores a touchdown. He forced the dude back inside, did his job. He's a smart, talented kid. And then you got Hendrickson, who was making plays today. Anzalone, who was, like, really coming on before he got injured, which is a shame. This is an amazing draft class. It's as good as 2006. It feels like 2006. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And the shame of it is, like – 
all they needed to do was have like one other draft class this good between 2006 and 2017, and they'd have had like three more playoff appearances, right? Because they had mm. Drew Brees. Like that's all. Like like to turn the needle back and be a like probably. I think they're going to be a playoff team this year because the NFC is terrible. But I like that's all, like that's all it took. Andrew was like. One good like like a lot of teams have to stack draft after draft after draft because they like Jacksonville they have everything but a quarterback the Saints they right. had Drew Brees all it took is basically a pretty good draft in sixteen and an awesome draft in seventeen and they're right back in it yep yeah yeah so so Jim like what do you see the rest of the year well I, I have my handy dandy schedule right in front of me uh, we the go to Green Bay five games they're all winnable in my absolutely. Opinion. Absolutely. Uh, Green Bay, if if what's his, if uh, Rodgers isn't playing, I mean, how can you not win that game? Well, that game is interesting, and we'll talk about it with when, when we talk to Dave and Kevin, is it, that yeah. it's not just Rodgers that's gone. They might be without both of their offensive tackles. Right. Uh, Chicago in the Dome, come on. Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston's beat up, uh, come on. At Buffalo, Tyrod Taylor, really? Uh, Washington. Washington in the Dome. That's going to be a good game. Um, At L.A. Rams. We'll have to play well to beat them there. Um, Although L.A. doesn't really have a fan base yet. Yeah. Uh, In uh, Carolina in the Dome. That's a a sneaky one because we beat them pretty handily in their place. And we know we can get to Cam Newton. But are we going to be complacent? Are we going to walk into that going, ah, we got this? Yeah. Because when you do that, you're not going to win. At Atlanta, I think we could win that one. Jets at home, absolutely. Atlanta at the Dome. If we lose in Atlanta, we'll beat them in the Dome. And at Tampa Bay, I don't, I just don't think Tampa Bay is that good. So, I, Tampa. But I'm, I'm such an optimist. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but I think we could win. We could lose two. We could go 11 and – we could go 11 and four. 11, yeah, 11, 4, 11. I, I still think they're going to – I mean, think you read gonna... that schedule and, you, I mean, 10 and 6 gets you in the playoffs. And to me, now that they're 3 and 2, I was telling you, Ralph, that this game is a must win because they can't go into Green Bay. At the right. time, I was thinking Rodgers was going to play. But I was telling you, they can't go into Green Bay at 2 and 3. Uh, so they got the must win. You look at the schedule, I mean, 10 and 6 for me, now it's attainable. Yeah. Like this season is officially – I'm ready to sound the bell here. This season is officially exciting. I yeah. said eleven and four. I meant twelve and four. Twelve and four. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, you you, you got to see too. They're gonna have their. They're gonna have some injury bumps, and it just depends on where. Yeah. You know, it just depends on where it, it hits you. The more, the older I get, guys, the more I think it. NFL. It just like it's 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 a lot about skill and coaching and, and drafting all that. But a lot of it, man, is. Injury luck and catching teams at the right time. Like they catch, yeah. they caught Detroit at the right. They caught Detroit at the perfect week this week. I think today they caught and, Carolina at the perfect. Time. You know, and I think they. Ca- yeah. I think they're catching Green Bay. If you, if I would have told you, Andrew, when the Saints after they got housed by New England, if I said to you, Andrew, in four more weeks the Saints are going to go to Green Bay and be a four and a half point favorite, what would you have said? No, I would have laughed in your face. You just said, "Did, did, did, did Aaron did Aaron Rodgers die?" But yeah. but even then, even then, you'd have been like, "Well, even if Aaron Rodgers isn't injured, it'd still probably be a pick 'em." 
Like, yeah. they're a four and a half. I would have laughed in your face, and then I would have known you were lying and crazy when you would have subsequently told me that they would have they would have two pick sixes <laughs> for the first time since 2012 with Jonathan Vilma. And three defensive touchdowns. Yeah. First time ever, by the way, the Saints pulled wow. that, wow. that damage. Wow. Even the Dome Patrol never pulled that off. Right. Um, Unbelievable. So the Saints are a four-and-a-half point favorite, and uh, it may get higher. You know, like when we when we tape yeah. when we tape with with uh, with the, the with the boys, it may be a it, like it could get to seven. Like it's going to be the people are just going to pound the Saints for the gambling degenerates. So, <laughs> so Jim, uh, you predicted twelve and four. I like it. I like optimism. It's yeah. it's all it's all rainbows now, man. LSU yeah. went in Tulane. They, Tulane had a hiccup, but they're going to go to a bowl. It's all rainbows now, baby. Um, All right, Jim. Jim, give us our predict your prediction and player of the game for uh, Packers next week. Wow. Okay. Uh, my prediction on the score. I can see the Saints going thirty-one points. Green Bay, fourteen. Uh, player of the game for the Saints. Do you care if it's offense or defense, no, or who? you do whatever anybody you want. desires? Hmm. Well, because he's playing so well, I'm going to stick with uh, Cam Jordan. I just think he's tearing it up, man. He Especially is. like you said, uh, uh, Ralph. If uh, if their tackles aren't playing well, he's just going to rip up, rip up that rookie. Or who, who's their backup over there? I don't even know who their backup tackles are. Brett Hudson. Oh, it's that back. dude. It's yeah, it's the dude who stepped in. Poor Brett, dude. Uh, Brett. Brett Hudley is the quarterback. I have no idea who. I, I don't. I don't yeah. know the Packer depth chart. I don't know who their tackle. Who their backup That's tackle? Who, yeah. I know they're terrible. That's what I, I, I want to just Cam Jordan. Like we, we kind of expect him to be good because he's the one guy on this defense that's been good throughout his career. Mm-hmm. But he's got five sacks in five games. He's, he he had, he had his first touchdown. Like he he's having a career year. He yeah. looks so happy. To, find, <laughs> to finally have competent competence around him, like he looks genuinely happy on the sideline, and it's not. I mean, I know it's because the Saints are winning and all that, but the Saints have won. You know, he got here in 2011. They won in 2011. They won in 2013. He was really good. He looks radiant on yeah. the side. He does. It's it's, it, but it, it's cool to see. So, and the, the Saints are doing poses and all. It's it's phenomenal. <laughs> the defense, great. It's great. It's, it's great. And so, Jim, thanks for joining us. We'll have you on uh, again uh, later on, maybe in the off season. Maybe maybe even if they keep winning, we'll, we'll need you for a good luck charm. But guy, thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, you gave You're us welcome. more time than we originally said. So uh, join us and uh, people f- find him. He's on TV shows all over the yeah. place. And I teach acting classes uh, yep. in the New Orleans area, the workingactorsstudio.com. There you go. So if you if you want to – you got the acting acting bug? The work, What was it again, Jim? The workingactorsstudio.com. There you go. So uh, thanks, Jim, for joining us. We appreciate and it. And one, one, one other thing. Uh, this, is, this is back in the 90s uh, when you were still in junior high. Uh, I wish. Yeah, there used to be a, a little magazine called TV Guide. Uh, you, that you would get uh, subscribed to, right? So in the '90s, I, I opened this TV guide, and inside it's it's like a it's like class rings. Get your favorite fan NFL ring. And I was just a kid, and I was poor, and I had no business buying one, but I bought one. I think it was like ninety bucks for this thing, and it's like a class ring, but it looks like the Saints. 
the nice. first, and I, I always call I always called it my Super Bowl ring, right? And so yeah. the Saints finally won. Well, the first two games of this season, I did not wear the ring. The oh. last three games, I wore the ring. Never so take it off. Never I'm take gonna, it off. <laughs> I, I've, I've worn the same T-shirt and drank the same beer the last three Saints games. There you go. Nice. I, the, my Raphael Bush jersey is. I've worn it the last two weeks. Cool. <laughs> two and zero with it. So I've got I've got the the authentic home and away Gleason jerseys. This is before he was a celebrity. This is when he was just a player. So. Before he became your cousin. Yeah, before he's like my best. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> he's really my cousin. Uh, all, right, <laughs> all right. So so thanks thank again, you so much, man. Thanks again, guy. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.